Peace, good people. Peace. Fee, how you feeling? I'm feeling good today. How are you? Grateful, clear, present. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia. And most importantly, the listeners on the Black Love Podcast Network. Hey. Which is an amazing audience, might I add. <laughs> for sure. Yes. For sure. We love y'all. So I have a affirmation that I wanted to read that will open us up today for our conversation. Please do. It actually comes from your book. Soul Affirmations, a toolkit for reflection and manifesting the light within. If you should have your text, I'm asking you to turn to page six. And it reads, I am not bigger than love. Love is not bigger than me. In love, I live and love lives in me. I am love. Mm. I am not Not bigger than than love. Love Love is not bigger Bigger than than me. me. In love I live, and love lives in me. Mm-hmm. I am love. Come on, reciprocity. I think this is such a beautiful affirmation, a beautiful rehearsal of the knowings. We had a conversation yesterday mm-hmm. in therapy, and um, we were talking to our therapist about love and how Kamali has already come to this earth with the knowing of love. Yes. And it is my job to remind her that she has this understanding Mm. because this world might try to interrupt that understanding. Mm -hmm. The nuances of living here on earth Mm -hmm. can, I don't know, throw interference sometimes. And it's the, through this interference that you are practicing the knowings of love. Mm. So this is a beautiful affirmation and a beautiful reminder that I look forward to sharing with Kamali mm-hmm. when she wakes from her nap. <laughs> so whether these are the interrupters or the refinery stations. Yeah. Right? Like you come endowed with it. Yeah. And you're I learning, believe that. Yeah. And your learning of it is your mastery. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why you live. You come equipped, but then you learn it. Yeah. But it's already with you. It's already with you. Yeah, but you learn. That's the process of living it some sort, among other things. But the love that I know to be true and that we come with and the instances in which we are forced to practice that love, (laughs) they are opportunities for growth, right? That's a good way to look at it. But it, it reminds me of a scripture. Really? Yeah. I didn't like it when I first read it. <laughs> what scripture is this? This is like in, like, I think like in the first chapter of James. Ooh. Somewhere around the second verse, but it talks about count it all as joy. Ooh. And I had no joy to count in my loss, in my grief, at my first round of looking. Mm-hmm. And I gave myself room to be there. But it's count it all as joy whenever you find yourself in diverse tests right mm. for they are refining you and it's it's by the practice of perseverance that you gain patience and you're complete and lacking nothing it took me a long time to make myself available to what it was trying to say mm-hmm. but i appreciate every level of refinery 
that has produced this abundant love that I live by. Mm. I am further aware of the things that cannot take love away from me. And they pose as the things that are the very opposite of love in many cases. And they weren't able to take it from me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And insofar as I have it, I practice it and I share it abundantly. So I do count it as joy mm. that I know that love is powerful enough to exist beyond this dimension. Mm-hmm. It was not joy coming to know that. Right. No one wants to experience the loss of their firstborn. But I, I now have a knowing in my body, not just in my thinking or my thoughts. Mm-hmm. I have it in my body at a cellular level and a spiritual level that love exists beyond this dimension. At the cellular level. That's truly, grand. Truly. Every part of my being yeah. knows this to be true. Yeah. Yeah. I've experienced it. I've talked endlessly about it in the forms of miracles and wonders and other things that I have experienced and have been fortunate enough to document. Mm-hmm. So Kamali also gets those. <laughs> right? The documentation of the miracles and wonders. Mm-hmm. So that when I am telling her about the glory of the God I know, she doesn't have to read someone else's words to confirm it. Well, I can at least hand her that baton. So there's, there is a note in James 1, right? Mm-hmm. There'll be a note that she can go to to see how I saw that to be true. And it still may not speak for her validity, but at least she is connected to a first source. Man, I didn't lean back in my chair. I didn't did my Kamali rock side to side. Ooh, swaying. She got the that side to side rock now. It's so it's so cold. <laughs> Cause all depending upon what bass line is on, it's like Man, she can rock it to the bass line. It's, it, it's it, I was playing mystical earlier at my workout. She was out there with me. <laughs> It, it was boom, to, boom, yeah. <laughs> and she was, boom, boom, boom. here I go, here I go. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I like that you brought up the refinement so that you know it, not just in your head, but also on a cellular level. Mm-hmm. And that word honestly reminded me of a conversation that we were having yesterday that I wanted to bring to the table. Because okay. I think it'll help us investigate love further. For sure. I mean, I don't know how many ways we can really co-investigate love. I guess we can. I guess there's a several entry points. How many days are there in a calendar? Come on, how many? <laughs> Shit. And how many calendars have we had thus far? They'll test you. All right. So this is what happened. Karika sent me this clip on social media. Okay. I don't even know what this is. This could be really good or and really bad. It's it's cool looking, right? So there's some kind of liquid that is magnetic, right? That is attaching itself to this metal. And it starts to form like hills and valleys. That's how she described it around the metal. But the woman that's describing what's happening, she's using words like ferrofluid. And um, she's talking about how it's becoming strongly magnetized and it's in this magnetic field and it's suspended at this nanoscale particle. Um, 
And she's talking about these solvents and she brings up nanoscale particles again and these iron compounds and magnetite or hematite and some other iron. Like she's naming (laughs) all of these things, right? And this clip is like 30 seconds. Yeah, it's like 30 seconds. And she's talking about this carrier fluid and how it's working. And at the end of it, I said to Karee, I don't know what the hell she's talking about. I have no clue. I have no clue. I watched the video and I heard her talk and I read what it said. And I have not a single clue what the just happened in this video. Slim, I was talking to my partner, (laughs) mine the other day. And we were talking about type of the learners we were. Mm-hmm. And that anything could send him off on a drift, right? <laughs> so he thought he wasn't good at school because he could drift so easily. Anything could send him off. And he would come home and his mom would ask him, how was school? He said, shit, that, that shit was awesome, right? <laughs> he can't tell you what the lesson was, but he could tell you about all the drifts he yeah, took. I had a great day. <laughs> but I, I named that because that video that I sent you, mm-hmm. it, all it was was a trip. I didn't know what the hell she was saying. <laughs> I watched it. Like you said, y'all, it had a visual. Yep. It had uh, captions. Yep. And she was describing what was happening, and I still didn't understand what the hell she was talking I about. I had not a clue. I watched it twice, and I looked at Karee. I said, I don't know what the hell she talked about. And y'all, when we say we don't, we didn't have a clue, that 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 clue not having is running current. I still don't have a damn clue <laughs> what she was talking about. But it made me ask Felicia, if you and I have ventured into academic learning Mm -hmm. at the doctoral level, at the master's level, at psych, special education, theories, data, what's quantifiable, right? Mm -hmm. What's empirical? How sound is it? Mm -hmm. How is it reviewed? How is it contrived? Mm -hmm. And I said, can we make sure we never load any of our descriptions around love with all that jargon Mm. i mean because then you could really miss you can really be naming it at this level of science that makes sense to you and your audience don't know what the hell you're talking about (laughs) and i thought to myself how important it is concerning practices around wellness yeah practices around mindfulness practices around healing and showing up for yourself and Mm -hmm. ultimately one of the most investigated but abused philosophies of all love right Mm. this can be wrapped up in all this language that makes no sense to folks and i told felicia that black people deserve better Mm-hmm. all people deserve better but let me let me layer what i'm talking about and black people deserve better okay we know that black love is black liberation. Mm-hmm. So if we are not articulating the nuances of love, where is the liberation? Where is this freedom that we're pursuing? This isn't a conversation because we like to talk about it. Incrementally, we are advancing towards a freedom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A freedom for, if not our children, but our children's children. Somebody going to get free <laughs> from this love because you're no longer bound to things. Mm. you're connected but not attached you start to get to investigate who you are and i just told feel like Hmm. my deepest desire is that we have these spaces that are accessible for us Mm -hmm. the nuances of our lived experiences our families yeah 
I've been hearing in a lot of social media spaces, social spaces, a saying, a colloquium. Folks are designing and saying that an ounce of loyalty is more than a pound of love. Hmm. I've also seen that love will get you killed. This is what's happening in the hoods where I come from. An ounce of loyalty is worth more than a pound of love. How, how do they measure that? <laughs> See what I'm saying? Is that bullshit I'm talking about? How do they measure that? Y- y'all hear? <laughs> how do they measure it? What's what's the measure? Well, I don't know. What, I don't know like, what the metric is. How do you measure? How do how do you? You know what I'm saying? Like quantitatively measure loyalty and love it's and not draw that, this comparison but it's not that it's the fact that all the people that said they loved you who harmed you so Thank you prefer you. and so there so you it prefer is. loyalty than love because love was just all lip service love was the same ones that ran into your mama's house yeah love was the same ones that was there when it happened love is the same ones that show up to the funeral like they don't know what happened so they've seen all types of things mm. done in the name of love but there's no way that was done in the name of loyalty so give me loyalty instead of love Hmm. The challenge in that philosophy I've observed is love in its fullness. Hmm. Not love in its idea, but love in its fullness. One's loyalty doesn't have to be questioned. Love in its fullness. Yeah, so I believe we're getting an abbreviated version of that love. And it's done a lot of harm. And people have experienced some of the most harm from people who say, I love you. Mm-hmm. Those are the only people you let get close enough to harm you the way they do. Right. So love has become not as valuable, except that it is the way. Mm. And perhaps they wish they had a love that include loyalty. But when we aren't co-investigating love, Oh, we could be saying so many very different things. Mm. Mm. So I'm grateful for the space to co-investigate love. Yeah. And make it accessible for anyone who has access to hear this. So I always ask that you share this when you feel that you are hearing something, witnessing something that is perhaps shifting the perspective on love. Share this content as well. Mm. But take it all out of the science of what the video was talking about. Mm-hmm. How do we take these these sayings, these values, these virtues and unpack them in a way that shows up for us? I understand that people can harm you deeply who claim that they love you. But if there are no refinery stations, challenges, then you don't know what the love is worth. Until it's been under tension. Because you don't want to just choose a like. I told you that's easy. It's loving what challenges us. Mm. But the danger is. Loyalty does not define accountability. So how do I call you from the space you're in. Into the light. If you want me only to be loyal to you, where is the design of accountability? 
Where is the calling forth one's higher self? Where is better? Mm. So we want a, a love that includes loyalty. We don't want loyalty without love. That's manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. It's easily manipulated and it is reliably there for you. But what happens when you need counsel to call you to a higher course? What happens when offense is apparent and retaliation is logical under the guise of offense? Mm. It's actually the logical thing to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So taking a second to really look at how love is being talked about, not just in my 30-something, 40-something-year-old audiences, married folks, folks desiring to be married, partnerships, families. I'm really deeply invested in how we are talking about love in spaces that aren't tuned in right now. Because <laughs> I believe that it just might get there one day. Mm. See, love is not just the, and we know it's not the romance. Right. But if that video felt like jargon to me, and the only folks I see talking about love are people that are married or in partnerships or building families, then you must be talking to them. You ain't talking to me. And right here, love means something else. Mm -hmm. Except that love is not limited to your jurisdiction. Love is, in fact, greater than any jurisdiction. We are drawing it to box it in. Right. It's like trying to experience the light and take the light at the same time. You can't take it. You just have to experience it. And you make do with it. Mm-hmm. But attempting to take the light is not, in fact, appreciating the light at all. Because somewhere we'll be without it. You know who I think is really important to start having ideas around the virtues of love? Not you know, how you practice it in romance, but I feel like high school is a really important place. Really? Absolutely. Absolutely. So many things are happening because of what folks think love is and or loyalty. And I don't mean it as like, oh, you have to jump in and participate. I mean, there's no way in the world they should not have access to this conversation. Mm-hmm. Because they have access to so many other conversations. Right. And the most fascinating thing about love is that it's not a, it's not like this scaffolded conversation around age appropriateness. Was, right. It's it's not just happening between 25 and 40. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not. It's happening all the way. And we find that out in, when we become parents and the type of experience we try to create for our children, we realize it's happening the entire time. Mm-hmm. So whether that love looks like a conversation on self-love, it's a really good place to start instead of getting into, you know, like the the relational dimensions of it. Yeah. What does it look like showing up and loving yourself? Damn, that would have been a dope elective. That would have been a fire elective. Bruh, I can only imagine it's so necessary. 
no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not teaching that class. No. <laughs> Kareem no, is about no. to teach this class. No, no, I'm not. No. Yes, he is. Okay. He's about separate, to do it. Separate, Somebody going to hear this separate. and they're going to be like, you know what? I was just thinking we need to have this class in my school. I'm about to hit up Kariga Bailey. I'm consulting the entire <laughs> team. I'm not. But, Man, that is. um. But because it's. There is a music right now that is affecting a culture that is telling the next generation what love is. The song has already been written. They're being recorded. They're being distributed. It's happening. Mm-hmm. And right now, love and music is this heightened form of romance and sexualization and, um, you know, yeah, I could just call it romance and sexualization and like possession possession yeah and the music is always about possession i'm gonna love you like this you love me like this i'll do this for you i'll fly you out right because <laughs> the video you got to look like you're doing everything for them because you love them right <laughs> so they're an object of your demonstration mm-hmm. so the music offers that or then it offers this counter narrative of i don't want love mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. there is so much messaging that's happening around fuck love and it's devalued and we don't want fake love and we don't want the the vulnerability of letting somebody snake you so you keep your circle small all this messaging is happening Mm. and it's impacting how we show up for our partners anyway because the messaging is happening so why aren't we offering programming and messaging that is culturally responsive made for our audiences, made for our people. I mean, this is exactly what we're doing. I'm saying that we're doing this well on the Black Love Podcast Network, but I am now daring us to figure out how to get younger audiences somehow connected to this investigation space because it's happening already anyway. It is happening. And and as you are describing this, I won't say that it, I mean, it's fake. It's fake love. It's not the practice of of love, right? It's mm-hmm. not. It's not the, as you said, because uh, I wrote it down here. Well, can Sorry. we do me a favor? Can we? Can it's we, not love in its fullness, right? So since we since we can't call it fake love, yeah, I didn't want to call I know, it I know. fake. But I'm saying like that's that's the language that's been given, right? But right. It, if it's fake, whatever you think it is, then it ain't love, right? Well, but I'm saying that for the, I don't want to introduce too much jargon, but maybe we can call it a uh, pseudo love. <laughs> pseudo love. <laughs> I like that. But what I was describing at the beginning of the conversation, Mm. right, these children, it is my belief that we come here with an understanding Ah, of love. That was the beginning of the conversation. We understand love in its fullness. And there are interrupters. There are variables that try to interrupt the knowings that we have, such as possession, such as romance, such as sex. And how convoluted these things are. I think it's beautiful that there's this idea now floating around about discussing self-love, interrogating what self-love is and what it looks like. And I would even dare to say it should even start sooner Mm -hmm. for young people who may have intergenerational um, interference in their their Uh homes. Uh Uh-huh. I do agree. I think self-love could happen at every level, right? Very similar to the design 
Now, okay, see, now, now I'm on one, y'all. Now I'm tripping. <laughs> what you mean? I'm tripping. All right. Take a walk with me. Okay, we're going for a walk. Sunny days. Mm-hmm. Sunny days. You talking about Sesame Street? I'm talking about Sesame Street. <laughs> I'm thinking you talking about your song. Nope, I'm talking about Sesame Street. Sunny days mm-hmm. sweeping up clouds away. That's right. Okay. <laughs> now, Sesame Street, as we know, Felicia, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there was an incredible design that went into it. It was. And they brought in educators and TV writers and researchers and actors and musicians. Yeah. And this whole effort was led by a woman. Okay. Damn. I'm trying not to doubt it already, but it was money from the government. What? (laughs) (laughs) See, it's already messed. See, okay, but this is what I'm, I'm trying to say. Okay. There was an intentional design. Now we have enough black brilliance and enough black wealth to design an experience that is surrounding self-love. And I don't mean it in a TV programming way. I mean that grade level teachers Mm -hmm. can get on board and find the grade level translation Mm -hmm. of that self-love value. We did it at Roses. Mm-hmm. We did it through the music kindergarten. Y'all took on the kindergarten music department. <laughs> the kindergarten music department was not just a kindergarten music department. It had research-based practices and messaging around self-identity because Felicia understood how, far, how early identity started to form. And they wrote these songs that celebrated so much of the blackness. Mm. And these songs were also um, borrowed from the poetry, God rest his soul, Dr. Frank Withrow, Sacramento. He's from D.C. He came to visit me in my first year of teaching in D.C., came to my classroom in Southeast, Mm -hmm. and left me a portfolio of poems. These were the (laughs) same poems that I heard when I was growing up in high school that I found out. So did my teacher. Frank Withrow was teaching these poems for decades. But Felicia took this and designed it into a a self-esteem music curriculum so very similar to that design and what was happening at roses and what we were actually doing i am proposing i am respecting and making room for us to design this work so that self-love is being taught at each level and that it advances in the complexities and the showing up of oneself that's never going to go out of style Mm -hmm. it's never going to be not important and while they pick and choose and pull apart what's important, music, arts. Yeah. I'm not asking permission. First of all, I'm not trying to present the research to ask permission. The schools will identify who needs it. The reason why I won't try to convince them is because I know what their pseudoscience is based on. Mm -hmm. We have black academics, black academies, black thinkers. They're also members of families, but they dedicate their lives to the academy. Mm-hmm. disproving the pseudoscience that was ever founded in the first place. <laughs> that we were inferior. Imagine dedicating time to disproving somebody who know they lying and they going <laughs> to lie and they know you know they lying and they still going to lie. Mm. That's not my work. My work is these babies though. These families. Investing in a black family 
securing our future one family at a time. That's the work. That's why we're here at the Black Love Podcast Network. That's why we do the work investigating with soul affirmations. It's about this investment. It's not sitting around in a banter discussing things. It's investment. It's investment. So that our children will know. So their children will know. It also, as I'm listening to you describe Frank Withrow and what he left you, mm-hmm. it is also that little piece of paper that's sitting next to James 1 where Kamali can now go back and revisit and she can understand the lessons that you have mm. that that you've endured mm. where she can further investigate love for herself mm-hmm. but see in the ways that you have counted it as joy mm. it's just, it's like a it's just, it's the note it's the same note i think we're all notes mm. i think we're all letters i think we're all gospels our life is written in a way that is supposed to connect to someone push them up further when Damian Marley says, shine your light so a child may follow, mm-hmm. that's so profound and critically important. I know that some of us might exist in the intersection of life where we can't really see too far in front of us, too far behind us. We're really kind of focused on trying to get ourselves together, get our career together, figure out how to get the home ownership, make sure the kids are straight, whatever debt you're trying to pay off from undergrad or grad school or med school. I know that a lot of us are kind of like, can really see ourselves right now. But that's soon to expire. Mm. And there are children coming behind us who we can leave in better condition, surrounding Mm. the practice of love, Mm. surrounding loving what challenges us. We have the potential to really shift the dial on the black family. So when we talk about black love and black love is black liberation, we're not just talking about your marriage now your relationship status now, the relationship that you're in now. We're not just talking about that. Mm -hmm. It's for a generation to come. Mm -hmm. How we shape ourselves, how we show up for ourselves and how we show up for our partners, how we show up for our babies, especially the babies, especially the babies that you feel like somebody ain't loving them right. (laughs) Because it's all good until one of them bother your child at school. (laughs) <laughs> now you're ready to read their whole family and talking about what they ain't got and how raggedy they are. Right? But let me also tell you that from working inside the schools, the parents who we tried to call and couldn't reach, mm-hmm. they didn't love any less just because they didn't pick up the phone. That part. They didn't love any less just because they weren't available. They were doing what they knew how to do the best way they could. They don't have no more PTO at their job. They can't take another call right now. They are commuting across cities to earn a wage to try to provide for their child who's already looked at with a deficit model when they come in that school. Mm. Mm-hmm. The, this practice of love has got to be, has got to be for the generation to come. We cannot be so self-centered in our investigation of love that it only pertains to us. Mm. It must be us and us. Mm-hmm. Thank you for this culturally responsive investigation of love <laughs> <laughs> as a practice. It gotta be. We deserve it. It's not that part. We deserve it. We deserve it. All of us. 
All of us. And additionally, you can't tell me, you can't teach me nothing in school until I love myself. You want to bet? Let's try. <laughs> hey, try being somebody's teacher who don't love themselves. Hey, what does that look like, Rika? They're going to show up and test your ass every day. <laughs> and they're going and they're going to master wherever the cracks are, and they're going to push a hard line on you and their classmates. Man. They're going to push a hard line until they're pushed out. But they're not pushed out for long cuz they grow up too. Mm-hmm. And now your car ain't safe. Mm. Right? And it, it but there but but there are babies. It's not just deviance. Somebody is not just choosing to bip in all the cars. Right. Somebody is not just choosing to smash the windows and grab. Somewhere along the line, they received the messaging that they were not important. So now this is your shit. (sighs) You bringing this pathway of choice behaviors reminds me of a poem that you wrote many, many years ago. And the poem contextualizes Kariga in his classroom with a student. And the student says, um, how, do, how can I give a fuck about you if I don't give a fuck about myself? Mm-hmm. Is that how it went? Yeah, it was my laptop I was asking him to be careful for. Okay. And he looked at me. He looked at me square in my eye, no facial expression. <laughs> Y'all, the school was not about to repair they they sent out messaging that they, that, that they are not paying for laptops, okay? Because <laughs> it was going down. But I was in grad school and I needed my laptop. But I used my personal laptop to enhance the lesson. Of course. So I asked him to watch out for my laptop. And he turns and looks me in the eye and tells me, I don't give a fuck about you or your laptop. I don't give a fuck about myself. There wasn't an emotion on his face. Mm. Oh, it fucked me up. Yeah. So, of course, I grabbed my laptop, right? Because he, he, he told me he didn't care about it. He told me he didn't care. He made that very clear. He made that very clear. But it also challenged me. Mm. It challenged me. Mm-hmm. Where did you receive this messaging that you don't care? Mm-hmm. How true is this? How sustained is this? What can I do to interrupt that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't make you care about yourself. I can care about you when you challenge me most. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe that will show you that someone cares because you are giving me your worst and I'm giving you my best. Mm. And if I'm really, really committed to that, I will have to have more endurance than he does at displaying his unfavorable behavior. I will have to display, be prepared to display love twice as long as that. So then you ask what fills the teacher's tank. Because now you're not asking them about teaching. You're asking them about love. I was just about to say. So it seems to me that this self-love course for the kids also has to be offered to the adults. <laughs> no, I'm telling you the truth. That's how, that's how, that's how education works. I, if you think you're going to educate one side, the other side assumes that they just don't need it. Hey. Sat down. But I'm describing this. This is what the challenges taught me. I didn't realize that my time in education was also a a James chapter one moment. Counted all as joy. I counted all as joy because I love them. Mm-hmm. But I went in loving them, and I went in understanding the societal designs that position them less to be less likely to des- to receive love that they deserved. 
So I went into love. And I got my ass handed to me several days on the attempts to love. <laughs> okay? Yeah. But it's it's the beauty that you had the endurance to display the love when you were challenged. Because James chapter 1 also talks about perseverance. Mm. And it will in 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 it you will be complete and lacking nothing. Except when you just need air. Okay. God, I don't I don't want to persevere. Hold all that perseverance. Give me reprieve. Right? Mm. Don't you say you grant rest to those they love? Give me a nap. <laughs> because this is challenging. But that is the message of grace that we extend to us all. That mm. there is rest for you. There is reprieve for you. There is reprieve for me. And yes, this was a very loaded and dynamic conversation to which I know no one can figure it out all of a sudden. It's, this, is, this is over 15 years of practice. Man. Of being challenged. Don't let me get into the part where showing up for the children made the adults challenge me. I'm not talking about colleagues. I'm talking about parents. <gasps> don't do that to me. No. we. <laughs> you going to do that to me? Mm. Y'all, it was done to me. <laughs> it was done to me. Mm. Oh my gosh. So many, many memories. <laughs> but it has refined your understanding of love, of which we are incredibly grateful for. Of which they cannot take from me. Oh, that part. Every test that came my way, they did not take the love from me. That's why I believe in love the way I do. It has outsurvived every attempt to put me under, it has outsurvived every attempt to harm me. It has out-survived all the adversity, all the grief, all the loss, all the loved ones on the other side. The love has survived. So when I come to talk about love, that's what I'm talking about. The most enduring, the most abundant, mm. the most massive is the side that I'm on. So when I say I'm not bigger than love and love is not bigger than me, in love I live and love lives in me. I am love. Mm. Thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations. You all have been an amazing community. I feel like you're in the room in this conversation. And I thank you for being present the way you have. Mm -hmm. Fee, thank you for investigating the way you do. Thank you for creating the conditions for us to go inward. To our executive producers, Cody and Tommy Oliver. To our producer, Crystal Hill. Man, massive love. Massive love. Until we come to this space again, may we love more abundantly. And through this week, may you also learn to love what challenges you.